Welcome to Lavender Dahlia. I'm Jennifer Osler Bolton, and together we are going to enjoy the freedom of exploring who God created us to be by lifting the veil off of our hearts and bringing to light the authenticity that we've been hiding in the dark. I am so happy that you're here. So let's talk. Have you visited the podcast shop yet? Go to jenniferoslerbolton.com and click on the shop link where you can find the perfect item to showcase to the world that you are a Dahlia. Welcome back to the Lavender Dahlia podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you and have this time with you. You know, something happened to me today and when it happened, I thought, you know what? This is actually what I want to talk about with you. I just want to bring this up to the surface here. So I'm just going to jump right in. I hope you're ready. I hope you're okay with that. Um, I'm just going to jump right in. So tomorrow, um, which actually will be Tuesday. So I record this a couple days in advance before it publishes. But so tomorrow is Tuesday and tomorrow my husband and I will be traveling back to Ireland, which by the time you're listening to this, I will already be in Ireland. But you know how it is when you've got a trip coming up or plans coming up or something happening. You've got a list of things you need to get done before you leave, before you go. So I had a list of things that needed to be done. And one of my very, very close friends sent me a text last night and she says, hey, I'm going to go to Barnes and Noble tomorrow if you'd like to come with me. Okay, here's something you need to understand. Number one, I love spending time with this particular friend. Number two, I love books. I love to read. I love to hold books. I love paper books. I just, I do much better with a book in my hands than I do with a Kindle or an iPad in my hand. Number three, who doesn't love to, you know, peruse around Barnes and Noble with a dear friend when there's a coffee shop inside there? I mean, it's literally felt like the most perfect invitation and just something that spoke to my heart. Like, yes, oh gosh, that's just what I wanna do. It's what my heart needs. I wanna say yes so badly. So I answered her and I said, you know what? Let me play it by ear because I have a list of things that I need to get done tomorrow and I'm just not sure where that's gonna land. Okay, no problem. Fortunately, this friend that I was gonna, uh, or that had invited me out, she has taught me the very art of what we're gonna talk about right now. So she understood my next message to her. She sent me a text this morning. This conversation I had with her was the night before. So she sends me a text this morning and she says, I'm going to leave in about 10, 15 minutes, just letting you know if you'd like to go with me. And my entire soul was like, yes, yes, I'll be there. I'll be there. But the reality was looking at my to-do list, I don't know about you, but I have to write out a list of things that I need to do. Otherwise I will absolutely forget what I'm supposed to be doing looking at my to-do list, I knew that if I said yes to this fantastic invitation, the thing I really wanted to be doing, if I said yes to it, I knew that on the back end of my to-do list this evening, I would feel stressed out. I would feel just, it would just not be good for anybody in my household, let alone for my own heart inside. So I had to decline it. I had to decline the most perfect invitation. And It actually broke my heart because I just really wanted to. I knew my friend would not be upset with me, but it broke my heart because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to say yes to her, but I knew I shouldn't. I knew that I really couldn't, no matter how badly I wanted to say yes. So I sent her back a text and I said, you know what? 
I really, really want to say yes. I really, really want to go and meet you there. But looking at my list, there's just no way that I'm going to be able to fit something like that somewhere in my day. I'm so sorry. Of course, my friend texted me back. I absolutely understand. Was just putting it out there just to let you know. And we went about our day. So I thought about that. And I sent her a text a little bit later. And I said, you know what? That was was the first time that I was ever really honest with what I needed to do or with what was going on. It's the first time I've had to honestly say no thank you to an invitation because I have other things I need to get done. I've never done that before. The reason I've never done that before is because my my adult life, um, when I first became a Christian, I, I was kind of like primed into feeling like I always had to say yes. I always had to say yes to things. If there was an event going on, if someone was having uh, some sort of baby shower, bridal shower, birthday party, volunteer work, helping out here, someone's moving, someone's doing this, we need to go paint, let's go help this person clean, whatever it was, I always felt like I had to say yes. Now, that's not to say that anybody forced me to. Nobody was like, Jennifer, you have to say yes or you're going to be in trouble. I never got in trouble. I was never told that I had to say yes to these things. But there was definitely an impression left upon me that saying no was bad. It was just not okay. It meant that my priorities were askew. It meant that I was being selfish because I was putting something else before the needs of somebody else. And it just spiraled and turned into this yes, ma'am, kind of thing. Yes, I'll do it. Yeah, sure. No problem. I'll be there. Yeah, absolutely. No worries. No worries. And I hated it. I hated it. You know where the only place I found the bravery to say no, and this kills me because I just could not add one more thing to my plate. I was working. I was a mom. I was trying to do what I'm supposed to do as a Christian, trying to be involved in my church, you know, all those kind. trying to be a wife somewhere in between all of that. You know, I mean, I was just trying to be in so many different places at so many different times. You know where I ended up saying no to a lot of things? My kids, my kids school. No, I don't want to be a PTA mom. No, I don't want to volunteer in the classroom. Here, I'll send you cupcakes, but I don't want to come in and help with the party. You know why? Because I didn't have to see those people. Those people didn't know me. You know, they didn't know me that well. I was just Amanda and Brandon's mom, but nobody knew me. I didn't have to see them. I wasn't going to have to run into them again. So it was safe for me to say no. So I never volunteered in my kid's class because I just didn't want to. I couldn't do it. It was one more thing, and I just did not have the energy to pull from somewhere. Where was I going to find time, energy, and desire to do one more thing? So I bring all this up because it's something that I do see often, especially in the Christian world, Uh, right? I mean, what are we supposed to be? Servants, right? We're servants. We are called to serve others. And that's true. Yes, absolutely. You know, we are all called to be servants of Jesus, servants like Jesus, right? But somewhere in there, we forget that we are not Jesus. We're not going to be able to pull magical energy out of somewhere to be able to serve in all the many places. And I remember one time in particular, uh, you know, I there was there was a yearly event uh, where our congregation at the time, they would, you know, go and and volunteer as an entire body. We would go and volunteer at this, uh, at this ranch, uh, where they held events for, um, kids with special needs. And, you know, it's a wonderful place that they're, they're, um, 
what, what am I trying to say? Their purpose is beautiful for the kids that they serve. And so it felt really good. I, I, I did. I really enjoyed it. I, I can't recall a time where I was like, oh, this is awful. I don't want to be doing this. But there was a year where I just didn't have the energy that weekend. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't show up. I, my heart was not in the right place. I, I just was tired. I was tired. I was dealing with a lot. I believe it was after Ryan died. You know, I was still working at the time and, you know, I had my kids and I just, it was just a place I could not put myself. I couldn't be there. My heart was going to be bitter. I was going to feel resentful. I just was not in the right place. Now, you may be thinking, oh, but when you do it, when you go, you feel so much better. It would have lifted your spirits and, and you should have just gone. Well, that's might be true or that might be just what we tell ourselves sometimes. I said no to going to that event. I couldn't do it. And I was brave enough to say no. I just don't want to be there this weekend. And the next morning at church... I was approached, oh, where were you? We missed you. I'm sure it was an innocent question, but at the same time, I know what was expected of me in that moment as a church. I was expected to be there. I was expected to say yes. I was expected to show up and serve others because that is part of my title as a Christian woman. Do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel like sometimes you have to say yes because that's your title as a Christian woman? I know that's how I felt. Now, nobody put that on me. Nobody slapped that label on me or said, I have to do this or I have to do that. So it would not be fair for me to say that anyone made me feel that way. But I knew it was an expectation. One of those, I'm going to say it without saying it kind of things. My calendar was full all the time because I always felt like I had to say yes that I was not being a good Christian if I said no. And it really like broke me a few times. I would snap at my kids. Ryan and I used to get into arguments. I used to, you know, with, with the fire service, um, you know, sometimes, you know, his schedule would rotate. So sometimes he was home on weekends. Sometimes he wasn't. Sometimes he would be gone for days. And I remember... He, I think he'd been gone for probably at least two or three days and he was coming home on a Saturday morning. And that Saturday morning, I had already committed to attending an event that morning, a church event. And so I went to the church event and I was not home when my husband got home. And my husband was so hurt. My kids were hurt. And truthfully, I was hurt. I was hurt that I wasn't home. I kept looking at the clock, trying, when is this going to be over? When is this going to end? Can I just sneak out? Is anyone going to notice if I leave? Is it a big deal if I leave? I want to get home and see my husband. It hurt. It hurt. Now, there's some conflict in this, and I understand this. But let's be honest. We're human beings. And we can't be at all the things. We can't say yes to all the things. And there are some scriptures that I feel get taken completely out of context. Putting others above ourselves. Okay, I see. I can see where you would, you know, kind of get an interpretation that we have to say yes to everything in that. Considering others better than ourselves, carrying each other's burdens. Absolutely. I can see where you would pull from that and say, we have to serve and serve and serve and serve and serve. 
But you know the part that we miss? Jesus tells us to love ourselves the way we love our neighbors, right? And so if we love our neighbors by serving and giving and showing up and being and doing and all the things and loving and, you know, just all the things, neighbor, I will help you with anything. But Jesus says that we need to love ourselves in the same way. When was the last time we asked ourselves, Oh, what do you need? Let me help you. What can I do for you? What do you need? Where do you need me? How can I show up for you? Self. When was the last time you looked at the mirror and was like, what do you need today? What do you need? How can I help you today? What are you needing from me today? We don't do that because we're kind of conditioned to believe that that's selfish, but it's actually not. So what we've been doing Uh, in my small church is we've been going through the book of Matthew. We go chapter by chapter every Sunday. We do one chapter every Sunday. We really dig in. I mean, it's so powerful. I love hearing the insight from so many people because God speaks to us so differently. It's beautiful. I really, really love it. But one of the things that I'm noticing about Jesus in all of this, how many times he was alone how many times he sought solitude. So one of my favorite stories about this, Jesus and his solitude, um, it's in Matthew 14. And so Jesus just found out that his cousin, John the Baptist, had been killed. He just found this out. And in verse 13, it says, when Jesus heard what happened to John, he left in a boat. He went alone to a place where no one lived. I'll tell you what. I know Jesus didn't invent the pause because, or, you know, the alone, at least, you know, I know that in the Old Testament, there's a lot of stories about, you know, people being alone with God. But in this, Jesus gave us the permission. He gave us the permission to be alone. Now, there's a lot in this. Um, you know, I've read so many commentaries on this. I've, I've researched it a lot and, you know, trying to find out why would, did Jesus go alone? Why did he go to a place where no one lived? And there's a lot of theories, a lot of interpretations. But I have to wonder, looking at the pattern of what's going to happen here. Jesus heard this devastating news about his cousin. Someone who was doing the work for him preparing the way for him. They were like a team, you know? This was like, ah, my partner in this. That's heavy. I need a minute. I need to be alone for a minute. Right after this, right? Jesus goes to a place where no one lived. (laughs) Do you think people left him alone? Of course not. Of course they didn't leave him alone. He had to find a way to make the alone time. He had to find a way to get alone and be with God and re fuel. Why? Because he needed to serve. He needed to serve. So it says after this, he went on the boat, right? He went away to this deserted land, but people heard that he was leaving. So they followed him. Jesus, help us. Jesus, we need you. They followed him. We need you to serve us. We need you to help us. We need you to heal us, right? They're following him. They're chasing after him. So Jesus gets on the boat, spends his time with God. Who knows? I'm pretty sure he was praying. I mean, being that it's Jesus, I wouldn't, I wouldn't guess otherwise. I'm pretty sure he spent his time in prayer with God, being refueled. Why? Because when Jesus got out of the boat, this is verse 14, he saw a large crowd of people. 
He felt sorry for them, and he healed the ones who were sick. Jesus needed that alone time to refuel so that he could get out there and serve and not just serve because he's supposed to. This is Jesus. But serve with compassion. Serve with heartfelt sorrow for the people that needed him. I I don't know about you. Maybe it's just me. But when I'm burnt out, when people keep needing me and I keep having to show up to places and keep having to serve and, you know, I'm already serving in my own house as a mom and a wife and all these things going on. I was working, you know, I'm already serving people around me. When someone tells me I got to show up and serve someone else, when I'm, when I'm tired, when I'm at my emotional maximum, I'm not serving with compassion. I'm not serving because I'm compelled. I'm serving because I have to. My heart is not in the right place. My heart is not where it should be when I'm serving people. Jesus took the pause so that he could go to his father, so he could go to God, refuel himself, and then serve. And then you know what he did? I love this. I love this about Jesus. This is where he serves the 5,000 or more than 5,000, but he serves 5,000 men plus women and children One of his miracles, amazing, right? So amazing. I love this. Then he makes his followers leave. His followers, his besties. He's like, hey, you guys get in a boat and go to the other side of the lake. I'll meet you there later. So he tells his closest friends, you gotta go. Why? Verse 23. After Jesus said goodbye to the people, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. He gave and he served. And I can only imagine with the thousands of people that he was serving in that moment, he was exhausted. So he went alone. He told his friends, his closest friends, you guys get in the boat, go to the other side. I'll meet you there later. I love this so much because it's something I had to learn how to do. Yes, I will be there when I need to be there after I take the time to connect with God, after I take the time of solitude to refuel myself. Oh, and then I'm also going to say, I need some space. I got to go. You guys go over there. I'll catch up with you later. How often do we say that to people? Are we saying that? So here's the thing. The Bible is full of examples and scriptures telling us to serve others, right? I mean, it's full of it. Galatians tells us to carry each other's burdens. You know, I forget. I, I, <laughs> I only knew where that one was, but all the other scriptures, I'm that girl, right? I, I have a giant cross on my back and it says Psalm 62 underneath it. Um, I don't know what Psalm 62 says, but I know in that moment, uh, it said something about God being my rock. This is, this is the kind of girl that I am. I, I know my Bible, but I don't know where in my Bible. <laughs> so don't hold that against me. But there's scripture all over the Bible that tells us to, you know, see others as better than ourselves, to consider them other, you know, others better than ourselves. It's all over. It's pounded into us. People come before ourselves, right? Oh, but have you ever really looked at what Jesus says here in Matthew? Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, it says, Jesus answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and most important command. Okay, that's pretty clear. 
but I love this one, and we don't talk about it very much. Verse 39, and the second command is like the first, love your neighbor the same as you love yourself. So let's think about this for a minute. If we are called to serve, to care for, to nurture, to love, to, you know, just be our best for somebody else. And we are called to love those people as we love ourselves. Jesus is basically the master of talking self-love here. When was the last time you asked yourself that? What do you need today? How can I help you? When was the last time you looked in the mirror and said, what do you need today? When was the last time you felt like you could say no when you were expected to say yes because you knew you just needed some time? Do we ever ask ourselves that question? Or do we think that Christian means to compromise? Now, there may be some who don't agree with me, and that's okay. For some people, serving is what fuels them. And I think that's amazing. Don't stop doing that. But for me, I experienced the burnout of serving. I experienced the burnout of saying yes. Saying yes to everywhere but my home. Everywhere but my kids, my husband, and myself. See, Jesus knew. The reason he says this is because he knows. He's the perfect example. We can't give what we don't have. If I don't know how to love myself, if I don't know how to take care of myself and how to read myself and what I need and listen to what I need, how am I ever supposed to do that for someone else? I can't. Jesus is the king of the pause. He is the one who says, I have to go and connect first before I can give. And this is Jesus. I mean, come on. It doesn't get any more amazing than Jesus, right? But he, he, he did the same thing. We just read about it twice there. He went away in his grief, in his heartache, his emotional. He just could, he had to go and be alone, be with God, connect before he could go serve, before he could go and be there for other people. He had to fuel himself first. And then after he did that, he knew he needed the pause again. He told his friends to leave and he went alone to, on a hilltop to pray. And then what happened? He showed up again for his friends after he was fueled up, after he connected with God through prayer and he loved himself enough to go and make that connection with God. What did he do? He went and rescued his friends in the middle of the lake, in the middle of the storm, walking on water and performing miracles all around. I really want us to be good about listening to ourselves, about saying no when we're expected to say yes. So my friend who offered me the invitation to Barnes & Noble, she Oh, she's just taught me so much in this. And one of the things she taught me, because I'm really not good at saying no, I'm really not. I want to say yes to everything because I do. I want to be in all the places. I want to be able to do all the things, but I also know what I need as a human being. And I also know my limits. I know how much I can do. 
she taught me because I said, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to say no to things. And she said, here's, here's how I started. Now she's great at it. Now she just says, nope, this is, this is just, can't do it. <laughs> it's amazing. Hopefully one day I'll get to that point. But this is what she says. She said, I started telling people, I'm sorry, I can't make it. I have an appointment for her. Her appointment was with God. No, I'm sorry, I can't. I have an appointment. It was an appointment she set between her and God. It was time alone. Now, she may not have gotten on a boat. She may not have climbed to a hilltop. But she went somewhere to connect with God and refuel. That's how she started practicing saying no when she was expected to say yes. Being a Christian does not mean that we deplete ourselves considering people better than ourselves. That's not what that means. When we consider people better than ourselves, we treat them better. Naturally, we're kinder, we're nicer, we treat them better when we consider them better than ourselves. But that doesn't mean that we lay down our lives for them. Now, there's scripture, right? And I know people are going to come at me and be like, well, there's scripture that a true friend lays down his life for his brother. Okay. And I can see where there might be times for that. But is that in the day-to-day Christian living? Running ourselves to the ground because we're trying to be there for other people, trying to serve other people. When Jesus says that the next command, the first and most important command is loving God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And the second command is like the first, loving your neighbor the same as you love yourself. The same. Are you taking care of yourself? Practice the pause. Jesus gives us permission. He gives us permission to practice the pause. And the thing is, we are not Jesus. We will never be like Jesus. We will never be as perfect as Jesus. So no matter how many times you say yes to serving or doing or being or showing up, it doesn't equate you to Jesus. And even Jesus knew that the pauses were important. I really want us to practice saying no when we're expected to say yes for the purpose of refueling, for refilling and reconnecting with God so that we can go out and be who we're supposed to be, serve for God and for his purpose and live in the way that Jesus wants us to live. I love you guys. Thank you for sharing this time with me. I hope you feel encouraged and are filled with courage to see yourself the way that God sees you. You are so many beautiful things. That's why there's a flower named after you. Make sure to subscribe to Lavender Dahlia for podcast updates and episodes and visit jenniferoslerbolton.com to join the Lavender Dahlia email list. Until next time, my heart is hugging yours. I'll see you soon.